This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Leader Games Root. Episode 144, Root, Learning the Eerie Dynasties, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Music by Brian Capillis. issue of our music is really slow and beautiful but it means mm-hmm. that our things are, are kind of awkwardly slow <laughs> and yeah i don't know i still love it but it does it, you can feel us lagging there in the in the intro <laughs> yeah the music is perhaps so beautiful that it does once the show starts that just ca- the podcast just the music exactly so like i think that's how people feel now is they hear that music and then we start talking and they're a little bit uh, like oh man like i was enjoying that matt hunter how dare you guys take away from us maybe we should open this one by saying uh hey if you like that music go to wandering lakes Bandcamp yep. because he released an album which mm-hmm. would have been like, like a, a month, month ago, ago now. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a month late promotion for a very good album by the guy that made the root music. It's different than this. It's different than this theme. It's quite a bit different, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's still good and you should support him because he's great and he's our friend. But he doesn't He doesn't do this type of music voluntarily. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't like walk around. Right. He doesn't like trot through the woods. He's not a woods. walking minstrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not a bard, yeah. an actual bard. A little raccoon bard wandering yes, the countryside. That is, that, that is not him, but obviously he can do it yeah. if you ask him to. He's got He'll the definitely skills. do it for you. Yeah, um, totally. Honor, we are now in a situation where uh, we are the most separated from the timing of the of us right now you and me talking this is the deepest into yeah and you and us the future y- you and me being listened to by people um yep. so much so that this is the only episode that we've been recording in the past that i can say with 100 percent certainty that my baby will have been born by this point surely like it, it has to have it literally has to have been born by this point it yeah this it would be unsafe <laughs> if my baby wasn't born right yet. that's true it would be sort of like kind of knocking on the door like so i don't i don't know what there? announcements have come in previous episodes that were like i wasn't a part of but hunter had to be like oh here's hunter from the future and like here's an update but like this one i can definitely say like i definitely have a baby now I just yeah. wonder what they're like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, and I bet, you know, well, I, and I have a baby too, right? right? You got one. I got, I got one. Um, I, I got it. That's my favorite. That's my favorite joke of this season of the mm-hmm. show. Hunter gets what a season baby. of the show are we on? Hunter gets a baby. There's, Hunter there's no gets no, that's no the season. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what a, man, the, the, the Space Cats, Peace Turtles execu- executives were like, uh, how do we shake up? The show, Mm -hmm. What If Hunter Gets a Baby. Yeah, What If Hunter Gets a Baby. Um, And the fans loved it. They said, more more Hunter with a baby. More Hunter with a baby. You know I'd be funny with a baby. Three Hunters You know I would. You'd be funny with a baby, but there would also be some, um, like, 
<laughs> I I was going to say there'd be some Karens. There'd be some like older white women giving you looks <laughs> in the right. park. Like, that eh, man do doesn't, baby. that's yeah. not his baby. Doesn't and look like. I probably need to go say something. I think I need to go say something <laughs> to that man <laughs> and make sure that that baby's okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, I believe you're referencing a video that is a month old now. <laughs> no, I, I'm not referencing one video. I'm referencing an entire <laughs> genus. <laughs> um, sir, is this your baby? This because your baby? That happened, I know, you know what's funny. I know the baby's daddy, and you, and it's not that you. happened to EJ with his actual daughter. <laughs> that is crazy. That is literally crazy. Someone you, knew. That's no way. Someone knew the baby from the yoga center that the baby's mother works at, <laughs> and then saw EJ and myself with the baby at a at a bar, and went, "We should say something because we know the baby, but we don't know the man." <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. I just told that just story from put EJ. That together, I, I don't huh? know if that's. I don't know if that's the story. Listen, I know the baby and the baby's mom, but I saw the baby with this strange man the other day, <laughs> and I and I just couldn't figure out who that could be. You know, it's just so hard. And why they were being so openly just like at a bar with it, <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't a weird thing. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, we've we've also had um, a baby hunter that you and I have been waiting to birth, and it is the Ew. guides to this board game that we are new to, Root. And, yeah, uh, well, this is actually the first one that we're recording, even though the listener has already listened to our Marquise de Cat right, episode. Right, uh, Yeah, I So love this that. is kind of a weird, this one might have a thing. You know how sometimes, I think this happened, this has happened like once in our past before where we recorded things like Out of Order, and we made a mm-hmm. joke in one episode and then made a callback to that joke in the other one because we recorded but the it after, other one but came then the out way first. it was presented to the listener was a joke that didn't make any sense and That's then next week happened. an explanation to that joke <laughs> let's let's do that on purpose this time okay. so what is the joke what is the joke we'll we find it in this now. episode there's gonna be something yeah, that we're yeah. gonna make okay, a very specific right. point to call back to let's, next let's week, not force which it actually last week <laughs> right so you've already so we're live we, we don't know the joke and you do <laughs> if you want to tell us the joke feel free to let us now n- tell us what the joke was that doesn't make any sense bad at yeah, all they fine. can't tell us but but they know and that's beautiful uh and i love that uh, uh we should now- we talk about the eerie dynasties um uh yes i would like to when- uh, the reason we're doing eerie first is uh i think matt you're more confident in your eerie stuff than well, I am in my the, cat the stuff. Truth, also, cats are harder. Exactly. That's the truth of it. That seriously is yeah. the truth of it. Is is Eerie took... I had a hurdle with them, and it felt... I, I felt less confident with Eerie early on than Hunter mm-hmm. did with cats early on. But as we've well, learned cats them is easier more, to pl- it's exactly. easier to play cats. Yes. But it is harder to win cats. Right. Like, it, and that's it is harder to it. play Eerie, but yes. easier to win <laughs> as Eerie. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to be kind of the theme of today's episode is like, hey, we're going to be hyper-focused on just getting your brain wrapped around Eerie. Because I think that's yes. the most important step for a new player. And that's what this uh, episode is very much guide uh, geared towards. Is is people new to this and we're not giving top strats for like the most elite Eerie play. I, mm-hmm. can't, I can't do that. that <laughs> I'm not equipped for that. But right. what I can do is tell you like how I got over the hurdle of learning Eerie. And, and how we kind of 
get to a place where we can understand the eerie enough where then we can start making up our own strategies and employing our right. own. Because a lot of root too is you don't get to just like set out a strategy and do all of it. It's a lot of reactioning, right? Mm-hmm. That's a word Reaction. isn't real. I know, Ooh, but I wanted I to like say that. It. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's, it's it. a lot of that. Um, and, and you have to be able to go through those motions. And as the eerie, that's incredibly difficult to do because you have so little control over your motions <laughs> right is- and you also you're sh- constantly showing your hand yes you beg the rest of the table to ignore you to, to thwart you, you. yeah exactly <laughs> essentially you taunt them right it like what is ha- like it's interesting we'll we'll explain everything but just for those of you that already understand the eerie what thematically is the decree <laughs> representing right. exactly like carl carl the little like woodpecker goes and stands out on the corner and is like i'm preparing to do a move i expect to walk at some point and i just want everyone to know me forest we will be recruiting we will be moving yeah it's 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 very loudly they have like a chicken there with them Every morning, Roger the rooster just erupts. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fight someone today, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be over there <laughs> in the fox's clearing. <laughs> um, That's so real. let's go over their abilities to talk about why 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 we're making these jokes and why this happens to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as a baseline, uh, your actual faction abilities, which are uh, an interesting thing in Root, because everything is like kind of part of the mison i don't know mison faction ooh, of your ooh. um mison animal i don't know we need a new mison because there's not a mison sen mison board mison board I feel like <laughs> so mison borde <laughs> part of the mison borde is uh your actual <laughs> abilities and i liked it when you said it back <laughs> one of them is uh that you are the lords of the forest uh, this is where you mm-hmm. rule any clearings where you are tied in presence so normally you have to have yeah. more units uh or more more wooden cardboard than the other uh factions there to rule Eerie gets to tie and they rule. And that's a great consolation prize because their other ability is the disdain for trade, which is more a nerf to them, which is when crafting items, you only score one point. Uh, yeah. Now, this regardless. can be overridden by your uh, by your by one of your leaders, but we'll get to that later. Um, but mm-hmm. suffice it to say, because of that crafting rule with Eerie, um, you should already start to get the hint that Eerie is a faction that... Uh, is a slow burn. Um, you you mm-hmm. don't have access to crafting swings, which is one of the ways most factions get like a big swing round of like, ooh, suddenly I get like eight points or whatever. Right, right. Because I crafted like two or three items. Um, Eerie just like doesn't get a point swing out of that, um, generally speaking. So uh, the rule to Eerie is kind of let's go slow and steady, just a, a slow burn. You start with a bunch of units. You start with six warriors and one roost in the corner opposite of the Marquise de Cat, basically. Um, right. And so because of that, like you start with the muscle 
to start slowly exerting dominance. It's the exact opposite of the Marquise. The Marquise is everywhere, and they probably want to recoil really quickly. Whereas mm-hmm. the Erie is like, I'm all in one spot, and I want to be kind of everywhere, but right. I can't just do that. I can't. I don't. I literally can't because I won't have enough move actions at first. Like you, you slowly accrue actions. And in this guide, we're going to talk a lot about action economy, which is a very important thing in Root, and is especially an important concept to understand when you talk about the strength of the Erie. So we'll get to that. But let's get into what the Eerie's uh, bird song entails. Um, and the, the the first thing you do in bird song is when if your hand is empty, you draw a card. Again, this is just a thing that you kind of get because honestly, as the Eerie, your hand can get empty quite a bit. Uh, that that is a thing that that happens. I won't say it happens like all the time, but it definitely can. And honestly, your goal is sort of to end up with a somewhat empty hand most turns. Um, your second thing, though, is that you add one or two cards to the decree. Only one of the cards may be a bird card. So this is uh, critical, and we're going to talk about the decree here, but I really want to drive home the point that our goal is to add two cards to the decree every turn if we can. If it's not going right. to hurt us in some way, we really do want to get two cards into that decree so that we can yep. do more stuff per turn because that's how we're going to win this game. Two actions. Two cards, two actions means like we're doing way more. By the end game, if we haven't turmoiled, which we'll talk about turmoil a bit later, but if we haven't turmoiled, like we can be doing so many things, the other players feel like we're cheating because we're just, Mm -hmm. our turn takes four times longer than anybody else's because we just have action after action after action. So the, the decree consists of four different actions that you can conceivably do and you put your cards into them and based on the suit of the card that controls like where you can do the things that you want to do. So whereas other people just get to do a move action, you have to have put a card into your decree in the move slot to allow Mm -hmm. you to move from a specific type of clearing. So it's very robotic. You are programming the Eerie from the get-go. Right. Um, Roddy the Rooster is announcing (laughs) where and when. Roddy the Rooster is calling every shot to the table before you even do it. Um, and if you don't do it correctly, then bad things happen. Bad, bad, bad things happen. Um, yeah. So your four options are to recruit in a matching clearing with a roost. So you record in a bunny, uh, in a mouse, or in a fox, or if it's a bird mm-hmm. card, in any of those. So that's great. It's bird, worth bird cards. I think are it's a worth saying at this point, as we're going over the decree, that you only have one type of building. There's only one type yes. of cardboard good, good for card. the eerie, and it is a roost. Yep. And the roosts do all the things. They poop out more duders yep and they off they also do your crafting basically right. you can only have one per clearing yeah that's well, the big that's the big chokehold again even more fuel to the fire of they are slow you don't get to just drop like three roosts in one clearing and have like a really big spike in your ability to do stuff you are you have to take over the whole forest if you really want to be able to do a bunch of stuff you have to get mm-hmm. everywhere uh your your next option is to move from a matching clearing honestly that is a really hard concept to um get because so many other factions like when you think of a move you think of i am moving to a bunny clearing but in in the eerie you have to reprogram your brain of i'm moving from the place so so where i need to be putting my early cards is where i know i will have control over because again you do Mm -hmm. have to you have to rule the destination or the uh starting point of your move to even move at all to be able to move so if you want to not get locked out if you don't want to go into turmoil on move you have to make sure you're controlling the territories that you can move from so it's very important to 
slowly keep that snowball alive so that you always rule in like a handful of, you know, your goal realistically would be to rule in one of every single clearing type just mm-hmm. all throughout the entire game. That's just what you want to have on lockdown so that at any point, if you have to move somewhere, like the best thing you can have is like a chain of three right next to each other that you rule and then your move, you can just be moving back and forth between them so that you never get yep. hurt by that. Uh, next up yeah, is, you can really do a lot of tricking with the, yes with yeah the move. move is your safe spot um i, I yeah. should say that too if we're talking about like a pecking order of like where's the safest thing to put our cards into especially our suited cards our non-bird cards move is by far the safest recruit is kind of the next safest obviously it depends on where your roosts actually are but generally speaking recruit can be safe you don't want to overstuff your recruit because then uh you you might turmoil on recruit and that's literally the worst thing that can happen so you have to play it yeah. you got to be careful with recruit but recruit is at the very least like decently safe uh next recruit up, is great though we get just because you can recruit out of the same roost over right and over if you and put over. four fox cards in recruit you'll just be pretty safe all game if that's like your main roost that never gets hit um right. You just don't want to run out of units. You better be doing a lot of battling, too, or whatever. Yes. Um, yes speaking yes. of battling, you get to battle in a matching clearing. So contrary to, uh, well, not contrary, but but you, you move from a clearing, and then you battle in a clearing. And, and so if you're doing those as two, like, consecutive actions, basically, like, the move is a different card than the battle is. So you really have to be careful right. with where you put, what you put in battle. I put battle as, honestly, the most dangerous slot to put my cards in not because battling is bad you're going to do a lot of battling as eerie that's that that's not the point but especially early on you can't you don't want to overdo battling because then you are directly like killing your own units every time you do a battle there's a chance you're going to lose one to three units and uh, if you just are like out there burning all of your birds all game then you're going to run into troubles so battling is just something you need to be very conservative with and very responsible uh, with where you put that stuff uh, the, and the last one is build. You build in a matching clearing that you rule without a roost. So you really have to have exerted your dominance over a clearing before you can actually plop the roost down. And again, it's one roost per clearing. So your right. goal is very much to make like a, a slowly expanding web of roosts. You don't want to have put a roost down and then your next roost is like on the other side of the table, generally speaking. Now, I'm again talking about beginner level play. I have no idea if there's some high level play that's like one roost on this corner, second roost on like the far corner and then control the territory, whatever. Sure, sure, that sure, stuff sure. might exist, but we're talking about if you're just trying to understand how to get off the ground as eerie, I would just play very slow and very uh, a slow expansion, a little bit at a time, you know, take one new territory per round for a little bit until your action economy actually gets to a place where you can do something. That's why we're trying to add uh, two cards every single turn. And, and, and our bird cards are generally relegated towards battle and build because that's where we can get caught off guard the most. If you put a fox card in build, there's only fo- four fox suit, like four clearings of fox on the map. So like right. you, you are absolutely You're putting a timer. You're going yeah. to turmoil the second you put a suited non-bird card, I mean, uh, into build. So like you have to be very careful with that. So we're really trying to reserve bird cards for battle and build so that we can make sure those happen where we need and want them to happen rather than just like making it happen so you're you're right i think a, a general decree is the first few turns you're just trying to keep it alive and then you get enough actions going that now it's like oh now i get to just do whatever i want and i can take the actions i need to take so that action economy is very important i, th- I think by the third or fourth turn if you were able to get like two cards in there per turn that's when things start to really 
settle into place. If you're only getting one card per turn, it can be like turn five before you actually feel really comfortable with all of the actions that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the way we've kind of laid it out is like battle is battle and build are the two that it's easiest for the other players to look at to look at your decree and yeah. then figure out where to, to mess you up. Can you talk um, can you explain that a bit more? Because I, I, I think it might even for a new player be hard to understand like how much other players can get in our way as Eerie. Yeah. When you're so playing against Eerie, what are you trying to do, Hunter? Yeah, so so what you're trying to do is either remove so sometimes sometimes you want to uh fight them in order to remove their pieces so that they can't establish rules somewhere and therefore can't build like i i would say the easiest way that i can think of to try and stop any bird or make any bird go into turmoil is to prevent them from being able to build a roost now obviously that's kind of the hardest way to really pin them down yeah um however if they've done something silly like put a suited card into build it's not that hard um, if they have only bird cards in build or, or only one build, it can be pretty, pretty difficult because you pretty much have to cut them off at every possible spot they can right. go to. And you're not going to do that unless you're coordinating with everybody else. Yeah. Um, if they have one in battle, if it's a suited thing, basically all you have to do is, is either abandon that area or make it, uh, essentially impossible for them to get to yeah. uh, the spots that they need to go either by, cutting off uh go going ahead of them and saying hey this 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 spot you were going to move from uh you're either gone there you don't rule there anymore right a lot of times cutting off rule is just as effective as uh as battling uh is actually um the other one that's kind of interesting that you see a lot is um birds has over recruited and there's mm-hmm. a really kind of nasty thing that happens sometimes where someone will focus on recruiting too much, either because they took, uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but the charismatic leader, or they've just placed too many cards in recruit, where actually the entire table just decides to not fight you yep. at all. This is because they're just going to wait for you to turmoil when it gets to your turn. So they're literally going to just like completely avoid taking any of your birds off the board because you messed up your recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the main ways it happens. Move again. Like I don't even have a plan for how to stop you from moving. Moving is the easiest yeah. one. Yeah. To it would take throw a big concerted in. effort to keep a bird, uh, a, an eerie dynasties player from moving. Um, like yeah. If if you've already like set them back, then you can like start cutting off units and, and preventing rule and stuff. But generally speaking, it's it's pretty tough. So they do it in yeah. like you said that recruit battle is a pretty big one and build is by far the easiest it's very it can become very easy to cut someone off from being able to build yeah i would say early on my advice for this part is uh even though build is your most important action don't get carried away with right right because i have seen build your you want to just do the one build per turn you're not trying to increase that a whole bunch you you actually just want it to be the one build per turn if you eventually get a second build in there, that's that can be quite dangerous because the idea that you're going to always build two roosts is kind of laughable. That's a tall order. Yeah, you must be order. going. It must be going really well for you. Yeah, yeah, you're going to win if that's if you're in that situation where it's like not hard to pull that off. That means you're just definitely going to win. Um, so let's talk about the leaders then. And the thing I want to drive home about the leaders is we've we've built out the idea of this decree, and for us as new players the focus of our leaders is going to not be on the special ability text of those leaders, but instead on the two actions that your viziers are placed into. 
Each what are viz- viziers? Viziers are the two birds, car- bird cards that you start with, and when you appoint a leader, those cards go into the two uh, areas that are listed on each leader. So it's despot is move and build, builder is recruit and move, commander is move and battle, charismatic is recruit and battle. So they start in there. So they're bird cards, which means they can be anywhere. You can do that action anywhere. You get two right. special actions on your first turn. You'll put one or two more things in your decree right so your first turn you can have three to four actions um and keep in mind you must always put a card in your decree you don't get to not do it it's one or two um right so your first action is three or four actions total and uh we are focusing on the safest places or the best places to put these cards so without reading any of the ability text yet the safest ones ostensibly would be builder and despot uh, because both commander and charismatic have battle in them and we kind of said battle can be a bit dangerous especially for a new player where you're just like i don't even know specifically where i have to battle where i want to battle it can just Mm -hmm. be a little bit spooky um so i prefer the two uh the, the other two and so the big difference between the other two is well builder recruit and move that actually does seem fine but builder is when we then decide to look at the ability text builder is very specifically a late game card because mm-hmm. we get to ignore our disdain for trade when we craft. So no longer do we have to only score one point for thing. Now, in the beginning of the game, we're not going to be crafting that much, especially with the base game deck. Um, but but crafting items generally requires a few roosts of a same, of, you know the same type. So that really is a thing that we want to have already had like a decent territory cut off for ourselves. And then we can do some crazy building. So Builder is very specifically a late game play. Once we yes. turmoil. So the other, that, that basically only leaves Despot. But I, I didn't say Builder was uh, very safe. I put it as like my third safest. Um, but the point is, we are guaranteeing a bird card in build, something we definitely want to do once every single turn. Like from the start mm-hmm. of the game, that's the only way we get off the ground. Is if we get more re- roosts down, so we have more places to recruit from, uh, it, it impacts everything to be able to get more roosts down. So the idea that it's literally the only one of our leaders that starts with a card in build makes it a huge deal. Um, right. The ability is nice to have too. Uh, the despot's ability is if you remove at least one enemy building or token in battle, score one point. So you're not doubling the number of points you get when you kill stuff. You just get an additional point an extra when you one, kill yeah. when you kill in battle. Um, but that's just a nice that that's honestly that's like the best way we're gonna swing points as Erie. We don't get many chances to do that, and Despot is one of our few opportunities to have swing rounds. If we can go kill a cat clearing that had three buildings in it, and then we f- score a fourth point, or let's say it took us two battles to do it, like we only score two hits. Uh, or, or whatever, like, or one hit plus an extra hit, and then we get sure, the sure, two sure, points sure. there. You know, we get we get two points out of it because we did two separate battles. Um, so we can actually get a decent amount of swing rounds from the despot specifically. None of our other mm-hmm. leaders grant us points um, specifically. It's, it's, it's an easy way to score points, easy to wrap your head around. Yep. Um, also, I just want to say this for the, you know, for anyone any experienced root players that are listening to this being like, what? No, you're <sighs> just recommending despot care. The charismatic opening, which is mm-hmm. pretty popular. It's considered, I think a very, a pretty sexy opening yep. for the eerie. Um, I think overall, I think we just both feel the same way that it's like not easy to just start playing root no. and go for that. Yeah, I think more not. experienced players can manage that, but we're not actually going to recommend in this 
like kind of learning the eerie guide that you um, turmoil on purpose, yeah. which is a thing that more experienced players, uh, eerie players, yeah. anyways, we will, will talk do. about. We will talk about planning around turmoils, but charismatic opening very much leads into a planned turmoil. So charismatic yes. is recruit and battle, and you place two warriors, not one, each time you recruit, which is a huge yes. deal. We are forced to recruit because we put a bird card in recruit, and we are doing at least two of those every turn, which means with our what twenty. I think it's 20 um, warriors, we're going to run out. Like, we have a clock on there, and we kind of want to put an extra, uh, you know, card or two into recruit, but that means we're going to be getting so many units out that we will almost definitely turmoil off of recruit, and that's going to hurt. So with Charismatic, you need to make sure you don't turmoil off recruit, which means you have to plan out the round. You are definitely going to turmoil, and it's just, it's all a lot to ask for a brand new player. It is it is a good strategy to get all of your units on the board as fast as possible and then turmoil and now start trying to exert dominance over the board, get all your roosts down, all of that stuff, right? That, that's right. a strategy that makes sense. It's just there are so many little th- spots where it can fall apart for a new player that we're not mm-hmm. going to recommend it for now. But keep an eye out for it. And, and as you right. learn, Eerie, plan to think about how that charismatic opening could help you. Right, and, and just just to spell it out in simple terms, the charismatic opening is all about getting all of your warriors out, yep. then turmoiling and switching to something like, I guess, despot. You despot, can switch maybe. to despot. You can you switch, can switch to, to commander, and you can switch to commander. So let's real quick too, just to have read it. Uh, commander is move and battle, so very much like I'm gonna go hit stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, it's approach. the real fighting, and one. it is as an attacker in ba- battle, you deal an extra hit. So that is a great way to score points, too. Dealing extra hits means you're going to get through the warriors and into those buildings much more quickly. Um, But similar to Builder, Commander is very much a late game card. It's once you have a bunch of units and you can start doing a lot of crazy battling. So if anything, if you're going to think about anything, maybe you don't specifically, you want to be more creative than just, well, Space Cats told me to do Despot. Your openers are Despot and Charismatic, and your closers are Builder and Commander. And honestly, sure. Despot totally. can also be a closer in, in some regards. But like Builder and Camp Commander are very much like very, very good closers. That's how you finish. That's like how you swing that last round to just totally knock everybody else out. Um, they're, yeah. they're huge for that. I really like Builder, honestly. I, I think I think being able to s- surprise, score those extra points yeah. and clean up any of the items that may be left right. um, is, is pretty pretty cool yeah i've I've actually never had a game where i was in any position to win that i was ending with a a builder win my card draw always just seems to be an issue for me so i've i've always Mm -hmm. if i've won it's because i went out um either without turmoiling as despot or i switched to commander and started laying waste to the board and won that way oh so if you switch to commander basically the idea is you're going to be able to to get more cardboard off like destroy yeah, you're gonna just start dealing stuff. so much damage that you're gonna get points through removing buildings very quickly yeah okay but it's not the type of situation where so with despot yeah you get an extra point for removing the buildings but in late game you'll you're gonna have like the moles or the cats yeah. is gonna have, gonna have like big pretty forces high to fight war, through yeah, yeah. but commander helps okay. you specifically chew through those forces very quickly okay so you I can plan you. out your battles in a really smart way it makes sense yeah so uh, let's get into our daylight then and, and the order of events in our daylight. So we start yeah. off and we get to craft using our roosts. So in the early game, we don't, we have very few roosts. We it's, It can be a bit difficult to craft, but at least 
Um, we don't have like cats. We don't have multiple buildings that we're worried about. It's just we crafted out of those roosts. We recruited out of those roosts. I love we're just defending the roosts. There's nothing yeah. else to deal with. Um, but for us crafting, and we're going to have a segment at the kind of closer to the end of this episode that is our crafty corner that we're going to do with all of these. I guess you would have already heard it last week that we have a crafty corner. But right. uh, we'll talk you about would have. <laughs> we'll talk about crafting here in a bit. But unless uh, crafty corner just kind of like if we don't like it, I, you know what I mean? I, like what if we get to that segment <laughs> and we're like, ugh, crafty corners canceled. <laughs> And then in the episode before, you know, we call it something else like, oh, you know, like the, 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 the crafty Hun buns another... fun zone with the crafting willies. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 We could just call it crafty like on a, a film set. Oh, that's funny. Craft services. Craft services. Oh yeah. That's actually a really good name. So we'll call it crafty <laughs> corner for this episode. But last week and it was called craft services. On, well, from now on, right. in recording order, not release order, uh-huh. craft services. Um, it'll be called craft services. So just to bring up, though, crafting here, um, I'm just going to make sure I, I plant the seed of we are actually a, a faction that is very much about crafting abilities over items, obviously, because the items don't score us hardly any points for most yeah. of the game. Um, not worth it. But the abilities that are especially useful for us are um, things that help us deal extra hits and things that get us card draw. The more yeah. um, selection we get for what we put in our decree, the better. If we only draw one card and then it's a bunny card, we have to put that bunny card in our decree. And that's a feeling that uh, isn't very great. But if we have a hand of four cards and it's like, mm, oh, I can put my fox card into into move and that's going to make things very easy for me. You want right. that kind of selection. So card draw is a huge deal and the extra hits is eerie you're gonna you're just you're gonna fight all game pretty much like you you are bound to especially um the more we've learned about cats is like you know what you can't actually rely on the cats to do too much battling because they can't always use the actions they they don't have a right. high action economy right so in the there's negotiation stays, there's, between there's you and cats, at the same rate basically yeah the, the negotiation between you and cats is listen man i've only got two to three actions i've got three actions a turn you've got a million you go punch the vagabond i don't have time right. uh, i'm right. sitting at seven points and you're at 15 like it's your problem right. and it will be your problem so um getting those extra hits is a really big way to help you deal with those insurgent factions that are going to become a thorn right. in your side right uh so then after we craft we resolve the decree from the left column to the right taking one action per turn in a matching clearing so we have to do all of our recruits and then all of our moves, and then all of our battles, and then all of our builds. Now, our order of what we put them in into our recruit doesn't matter. If we put a bunny and then we put a mouse, we don't have to always do bunny and then mouse. We can do our recruits in any order, but we have to do every recruit before we do any moves. And that can be kind of a tricky part, too. Sometimes you wish you could move, battle, move, battle, like a lot of other factions can. But that is just not something we get to do as the era. We have to have pulled off all of our moves and then launch a bunch of attacks and then build everywhere we can build. Um, So... We kind of said this earlier, but if you're going to turmoil, if you see the turmoil coming, our goal is to make that happen in build. We want to just right. if, if and the bigger way to think about this is to think as eerie. You're always thinking one round ahead as well. Our big goal is to not turmoil this round if we can help it and to also look at next round and see if we're going to turmoil. If we can look at next round and say with almost certainty that we will turmoil in a phase that we don't want to turmoil in, then we need to change our mind about turmoiling this round and instead make a point to try to turmoil in our build so that it's the last action that we do. Sometimes you can even still build 
two roosts, but then you threw a third card in there because you knew it would be impossible so that you turmoil as your very, very final thing before you go into evening. Right. So can you explain why? Why do we want why do we need to focus it like that? Why would I want to turmoil early? So, um, okay, let's go over what turmoiling actually is. And we're going to, yes, we, yes. we could talk about this in the evening, really, but we should talk about it now because it's going to happen in daylight if it's going to happen. So, if you mm-hmm. cannot take an action in the decree, if you don't have any units in a mouse clearing and you are supposed to move from a mouse clearing, right. and you have no other way to get units to that mouse clearing before moving, you're going into turmoil. So, first, you humiliate, which is you lose one victory point per bird card, including your viziers on your decree. So you're going to lose uh, at points. least two points. At, at least, least two points every time you turmoil. Which you're trying. To, you, I mean, if you turmoil more than once in a game, you're you're in, in a bad game. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, it, things aren't going well for you. Um, or maybe you're a pro. I don't know. Maybe right. There's like um, maybe the second thing you do cool is you purge. You discard your whole decree except of your viziers, and then you depose. You flip your leader card face down and choose a new one then reassign those viziers, and then fourth, you rest, immediately end your daylight and go to evening. So that's the big thing. We don't want to turmoil in recruit because then we immediately end our daylight, which means we lose our whole round. We lose our whole turn. And again, we are a faction that needs every single round we can get Mm -hmm. because we, we accrue points slowly. So if we have a bunk round, that's like five of that. That could be some of our points just out the window. Um, now, generally speaking, what you're going to hear people talk about when you read up on Eerie Strategy is people are like, hey, all you got to do is just play in your turmoil and, you know, it won't be too bad. Sometimes you can make out with like a point like you were scoring five points around or four points around or something. You know, you kill a unit and then you get four points from your roost um, and then you turmoil. You lost, let's say, four points because you had four bird cards and then you still gain a point. Right. Oh, well, we still made one point that round. But that. You made one point that round, but you also lost all of your action economy. So next round, right. the idea that you're going to just also still get to do a bunch of stuff and and be okay isn't going to be true. Now you have way limited actions again in the mid game where everybody else has probably got their action economies online or have, you know, a better presence on the board. So now everybody's a bigger threat to you and you have less way to deal with that threat and you might start scoring less. Like if you if you uh turmoil on the same round that a bunch of people attack you and kill like two of your roosts you could go from scoring five points around to losing five points and now only scoring three points around right and it's just it's such so a huge it's a huge setback for you because again there's no way for you to swing and and make that up um if, yeah. if you start to slow down you're slowed down there's there's nothing you can do you're you're set back to ground zero where other other factions in this game, the way it's designed, other factions are starting to ramp up significantly. So if you if you turmoil on turn five or six, that might be right when Woodland, Woodland Alliance is about to take off. And now you have no actions to deal with them. Sure. I will say, though, that there are a lot of bird games where people turmoil and then they still win. Totally. It's not, I don't want to make it sound too doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I also want to definitely emphasize... What I think is, uh, what I really liked about what, what you're saying right now is the idea of a beginner being in a situation where they draw a card, mm-hmm. they look at their hand, and they are they are in a situation where they're like, I have to put something in decree, and no matter what I do, it's going to turmoil me. 
the idea of us telling you we'll make that turmoil happen and build seems objective. There's no way we can get yes. errata on this. Right. This is the right thing to do. <laughs> and if you and and honestly, if if you just take away that from this episode, I think that's a really useful lesson, and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, that's that is my main push for you as a new player is do whatever you can to not turmoil, and if you have to, make it happen and build, and the rest mm-hmm. will come naturally. Um, So just to talk about the other things we might be trying to focus on in our daylight uh, as we resolve our decree, again, we're very slowly trying to expand. We're not rushing out um, to a bunch of new territory. We're just slowly putting a really tight hold on all of our territory. We start with six units. Let's say we, we recruit one more. We move three of them out. We keep four at home or maybe vice versa. You send four out to go do like the next big battle. You keep three at home next turn. We get another one at that home base. We get a, a, a second new recruit at the second bit. Like it's it's taking mm-hmm. one clearing per turn and right. putting a roost there and making yeah. sure all of our other roosts are defended as we do that. Exactly. So the thing about like the birds moving out is I feel like as you move out, you're always plopping down a roost and and leaving some units behind yep. so that your move action can basically always be your get out of jail free card because as long as you basically have birds on each clearing that you're taking yep. then you can do you know if like let's say it's like oh i actually don't have anything useful i can do this turn all i need to do is make sure i don't turmoil yep. well luckily you can just move your birds around right. all willy-nilly for with no particular logic just to make sure you don't turmoil exactly yeah, yeah. And, and i will say i mean there there is a world later on in there in your future where you can play like a scorched earth eerie where you get yeah. your first couple roosts down and then you just start abandoning them and you're like begging people to kill your roosts so that you can just go right. back and rebuild them and you're getting your points through a little bit of crafting and a little bit of a huge snowball of eeries of, of eerie mm-hmm. birds that are taking out other people's stuff in a way that nobody can deal with i mean you can have a battle focused eerie that doesn't really score their points through their roosts, oh totally but not right yeah, now. Like, like <laughs> charismatic. Save that for when you understand how to do that better. Of course, of course. But the idea of a charismatic uh, Eerie getting all of the warriors out and then uh, turmoiling into Commander Eerie yeah. and literally just setting the forest on fire, that's a beautiful idea. Right. And I would love to see that. Yeah, but I don't recommend it for your first three totally. or four Eerie totally. games. F- figure yeah. out how to keep yourself from turmoiling and what that decree means to you before you start pulling off the fancy stuff. Yeah. Um, your, yeah. your focus is just on resolving the decree because honestly, if you resolve your decree and you keep yourself from turmoiling, the points just come naturally. They just happen. Mm-hmm. That, that is what happens when you keep building roosts and protecting them is you score more points per round. Maybe you won't win for a couple games because other people, especially in a brand new group, I think people need to accept that the Eerie player may not win for a few games because right. you're going to go through a couple games where like everyone watches the Vagabond just completely s- just crush you. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we can't do that again. So then your next game, you start dealing with Vagabond a bit more. And then the Wood Alliance just crushes you. It's like, okay, well, we got to deal with that again. Your third game, you figure out how the two of them can still both crush you. And then by your fourth game, you and the cats are both dealing with Vagabond and Woodland Alliance. And now Eerie might be able to win. But you've still been learning how your decree balances against those insurgent factions. Right. So it really isn't until like your fifth game with an all new group that you really get to start exploring new territory and new strategies to, to me. Um, I'm sure there's genius players out there that just like snap into it and get it. But for me, it was a thing I really wanted to take my time with 
um, so that I had a, a better understanding of all of it. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is as you prevent turmoil, you have excess actions. And that's what gives you more freedom to actually deal with the other factions of the table. So if the if the thread of root is first you learn how to win as your own faction, and then the real game starts where you learn how to stop other factions, Erie doesn't get to do that until they actually have an action economy that gives them the freedom to expand outside of their uh, not trying to turmoil and instead focus on the other factions. For your first few yeah. turns, you literally are just like, I have to keep this thing on the rails. And then once you get enough actions, you're not worried about the rails anymore. And now it's time to go slap the Woodland Alliance a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you if you pick Despot at the beginning of the game and never turmoil really throughout the entire game, it's not like you're going to be doing poorly at right. the end of that. You're exactly. going to be doing pretty well. Like if you manage to not turmoil and you picked Despot, like you have a, a, a little... You have a way to get extra points uh, yep. sustainably through the entire game, and you started with the vizier and build. So if we're like on turn six, turn seven, like you're scoring a lot of points yeah. every turn. Exactly. Um, so uh, let's get into the evening then. And the the evening, there's not much left to say, but you you score your victory points of the rightmost empty space on the roosts track. So that's not cumulative. It's if you have four roosts out on the board, you're going to score three yeah. points at the end of your turn. Just three. <laughs> we, we messed that up, like, I think the second game we played with Paul. Do you remember that? <laughs> he just thought he it was scored. cumulative. Yeah, because it says he, plus. He, he, he I, thought get it was, I get why yeah, you might think totally, that. But totally. still. Um, e easy easy mistake for a brand new group to do but you score the leftmost but this further reinforces that scoring is very very slow but consistent with eerie yeah because your roosts yeah. can generally speaking be kind of hard to take um but they will get taken throughout the game because because you are such a constant steady force you become a threat very easily to the rest yeah. of the table. And that you is look, going... You look really scary even from the beginning, yeah, to be honest. exactly. You have a bunch of units already on the board, um, and you start getting such so many actions per turn that the whole table will be talking about how they need to deal with you because you just look like such a mighty thing. And you will keep saying, yeah, I know I look scary, but I'm still only scoring like a couple points per turn, but that doesn't right. matter to them because they see where the snowball is going. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very much trying to just keep ourselves on that track of scoring consistently. Uh, and we sort of already talked about turmoil, but the, the only other thing I wanted to say is uh, about planned turmoils, which is to say thinking even further than just one round out. Um, the only other reason you might plan a turmoil is because you specifically want to switch leaders. Yeah. Right. So there, there is a world where in the mid to late game, we start going, you know what, this is all working great, but I can see the other factions starting to get lots of crafting points and, and having swing rounds where they get a lot of points. Woodland Alliance really starts to seems to be taking off and I need to find a way for myself to have some sort of swing round. So there is a world where in the late game, you specifically put something in a, you know, in a battle or a build that you don't want. And even though you could have survived, you didn't have to put it there. You do it so that you turmoil and then you put something like commander or builder in as your final round. And then on your last round, you like craft those two three point items, take right. a couple territories and win the game. Right. That That yeah. is a huge thing. And you should be on the lookout for that of maybe I just this is all going great, but I'm starting to score too slow where everybody else is scoring very fast. And I need to find a way to score very, very quickly. And that yeah. would be the best example for a new player to do a planned turmoil. Yeah. 
Well, is it time for our show within the show, the uh, the segment that people are going crazy about? The, the, w- but it is like the last. The, it's, it's the, the first last and time last we'll ever do Crafty this. Corner. Yeah, welcome to Crafty Corner. We wrote a whole Corner. theme song and everything, Hunter. Crafty Corner. <laughs> so that was the jingle. Um, we we kind of covered this, but. We're not a crafter, right? We're not we're not great at crafting. Not um, quite, no. Now, Exiles and Partisans is actually a great opportunity for us to actually be a bit of a better crafter because they've made crafting much more singular uh, clearing focus, whereas a lot of the crafting in the base deck is like, well, you need three of the same suit, and that's like, that's a tall order for the Eerie to pull off. Um, mm-hmm. But we're really focused on, like we said earlier, those extra hit abilities and card yep. draw. Those are like our yep. two favorite things. There's other stuff in there too that's nice, but if you're if you want just a baseline, extra hits and cards draw, uh, card draw is very very good. Yes. Um so let's talk about in the base deck. Okay. What are some cards that we want to look out for that we we might want to craft? I want to call the most attention to to two cards that I think you're going to hear echoed a lot in the community. Uh and and those two are uh Better Burrow Bank which requires two bunny clearings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's honestly just one of the better cards in the deck for anybody. So in, yeah, in the base game deck, likes bunnies is, are clearings that get fought over a lot. So being able to stake a claim to two bunny clearings is, is a, can be a difficult thing because everybody wants them. But Better Burrow Bank is at the start of Birdsong, you and another player draw a card. So you get to pick someone, they get to draw a card, you get to draw a card. And that's we talked about that. You want card draw, and this is like a f- basically free way to get card draw. Um, you can always pick the player who looks like they're in the worst position and just let them get an extra card, and it's probably no skin off your back. Right. Uh, another card is the other side of that coin, which is uh, the extra hits category. Brutal Tactics uh, is two fox clearings, and in battle as an attacker, you may deal an extra hit, both uh, but the defender scores one point. So you're giving away a point, but you're scoring extra hits. Combine that with the commander where you also score an extra hit. Yeah, you get two free nuts. hits for every battle you do. If you have brutal tactics and a commander in the late game, you're literally just waltzing through any clearing you want. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah it's it's disgusting. very, very powerful. And, and and probably even the fact you're giving a point away, if you're, if you're scoring that many extra hits, you're probably also easily destroying buildings yeah. and stuff and getting points yourself. Yeah, so. you're, you're making it well worth your time. Um, just to call out some other cards real quickly, um, the ones that also just are, are pretty nice. Uh, Scouting Party requires two mice. As attacker in battle, you are not affected by ambush cards. Hunter, you are the one who actually likes this even more than I do. I I, so, I like it and I agree with your point, but I want you to kind of explain Yeah, it. yeah, I'll, I'll make my point. So what, something I've noticed um, when I'm playing against, so I, I mean, I mostly play against the Eerie. Yeah. Uh, I've played the Eerie myself only like twice. So take this with uh, a grain of salt. But I feel like I notice a lot of times if Eerie is having a game where their card draw is kind of bad, um, I it's so sad to see, but them having to put ambush cards into the decree. Yep. Uh, ambush is, of course, uh, deals two extra hits to warriors. Whenever there's a fight, it's great. Uh, it's one of the most basic, like, good cards in both decks. Right. Um, so, and if you don't have any in your hand, you can't defend against other ambush cards. So I feel like Scouting Party is kind of a nice compromise of, like, yeah... I'm not going to get to have any ambush cards, but nobody can use them against me anyway, so it's not a big deal. Right, you and you're I mean? and you're probably like we've said multiple times, you're probably doing a lot of fighting. So the chances that you are going to come yep. across an opponent with an ambush, that's a nice thing to block against, uh, yep. be- because it's it, you have a higher percentage chance of um, 
you know, making that happen to yourself. Uh, a yeah, couple I, other, I, I like it. couple others to talk about. Uh, tax collectors, you need one. Uh, you need to rule in th- the three separate clearings: uh, one bunny, one fox, one mouse. And once in daylight, uh, you may remove one of your warriors to draw a card. This serves two purposes, honestly. One, obviously, the card draw. But we've yep. kind of talked a couple times about how recruiting can actually end up coming back to haunt you where you're like oh i need to i i I might get in trouble this is in daylight um you could do it before you've done your first recruit you can just kill a unit draw the card and now you aren't going to turmoil in recruit that's kind of a slim chance but the fact that you get to do that every turn you get to always keep your units in check and and prevent yourself from necessarily ever over recruiting it just gives you a little bit more leeway. Yeah. I think I think it's great. I mean, just the idea too of, of getting your card draw up is important enough, I think, to justify yeah. this. But even all, but the added benefit of, oh well, I I, I have at least one more recruit I right. can do. I also think great. just based on most map layouts, the ch- the chances that the eerie are going to end up with one bunny, one fox, one mouse is kind of yeah. likely. So this isn't like a heart. This isn't a tall order of a thing to accomplish. No, so. definitely not. Uh, basically like the cats are hardly ever going to get to do. Well, that's not necessarily true, but it can be difficult though. Cause they really have to focus on getting the recruiters in those spots. Whereas sometimes they might want to just put yeah. two recruiters in one territory and have well, a two, safe two recruiting. Work, two workshops. Yeah. Really. It's, it's the three workshops and each one. In oh a yeah. Different yeah right, clearing. Right, right. It's like, eh, I don't, I don't know how, how often you're going to see it, but well, birds don't have any difficulty with right. that. Um, so then the the last two I want to call attention to in the base game deck are armorers in battle. You may discard this to ignore all rolled hits taken. Uh, and that's only requires one fox. So that's an easy thing. And it's just nice to be able to get a gimme, get, get a mulligan <laughs> on a really right. a battle that just doesn't go your way at yep. all, um, especially defensively. Um, but in general, this is just... It's it's the opposite of the situation we said earlier. We want extra hits. Sometimes a battle goes so poorly that the bigger thing here is if you um if if your battle uh you were gonna take enough hits to where suddenly you don't rule that clearing anymore, and that was the clearing you were planning to build in. Yep, yep, yep. A bad battle could cause you to turmoil in a in build where you weren't planning to. So armorers lets you go, ooh. I guess I'm just going to not, I, I'm going to ignore all the roll. I don't have to take any of these hits so that I don't lose the warriors so that I still rule this clearing. And that yep. can be an important defense that you need uh, in, in a, in a clutch moment. And the last one I just want to call attention to is Royal Claim. I feel like this one I just want because it has a big bird on the card. So it's sort of like, obviously this is a bird card, but it requires four clearings of any type. Um, which that can be difficult. That that can actually be a pretty tough thing to pull off. Um, obviously, it's part of your goal as the Eerie, so like maybe right. easier than other factions. But uh, in Birdsong, you may discard this card to score one point per clearing your, you rule, and you have a natural advantage at ruling. You rule in ties so this just this card is basically designed to be better for you um if anything Mm -hmm. like this is your swing round this is this is like one of the few ways in the deck that you pull off a big point swing so it's very worth holding on to and not putting into your decree when you get it yeah 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 i feel like overall that royal claim is just a card you don't see get used a lot Mm -hmm. but i feel like birds probably have the easiest time using it or one of the easier times maybe not the easiest overall right um do we want to talk about exiles and partisans now yeah and and i want to say too this one's going to be a little bit harder for me to talk about i honestly haven't 
hardly played with exiles and partisans at all, but we can kind of use the same guiding principles to know what's going to be good. But I'll probably go through these a decent bit faster just because I, I can't think of all the specific circumstances because there's just so much more crazy abilities that end up hitting the table mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in exiles and partisans. So there's, there's so many more considerations you have to take. But so generally speaking, these are some cards that we like. Um, Charm Offensive requires one bunny. At the start of evening, you may draw a card and choose another player to score a point. So that's our card draw thing. And again, giving one player a point when we're doing our best to just make sure our, our hand is as good as we can is a pretty big deal. And one bunny is not hard to uh, acquire. Um, yeah, I want to talk about two back-to-back -back here, and that's Boat Builders and Tunnels. I think these two are maybe my f favorite for birds in the uh, in the Exiles and Partisans deck. Yeah. So Tunnels requires uh, one bunny, and you treat clearings with any of your crafting pieces as adjacent. And Boat Builders Super requires cool. two of any type, and you treat rivers as paths. The big thing here is sometimes you get a bunch of actions and move, but those moves don't end up like helping you in really specific ways. Yeah, but if it. you can open up your opportunities of where you're allowed to move to, if you're able to retreat very easily back home to go to defend stuff with tunnels, or if Boat Builders gives you access to a territory that actually is an easy place to go build a new roost at, that's a huge deal. So opening up the places that you have access to um, is, a, is probably one of the bigger things that Erie needs to be able to pull off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. I love uh, I love both of those cards for for them. Uh, what about Murine Broker? Is that how you? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce. I'm going to say Murine Broker, and that's two mice. Um, and whenever another player crafts an item, draw a card. This one feels just naturally the Eerie Dynasties because we are very often leaving a lot of crafting up to other players, um, mm -hmm. and it's just it's card draw doing the thing that we're not going to be doing anyways, which means most of the crafted items are going to be out there for everybody else. So it kind of just fits perfectly with what we are going to have going on. Um, right. Th this right. one is, is one of my favorite, uh, in theory, passive cards for the Eerie Dynasties. The other, you know, the, the, the movement stuff is very active. And this is just like, a man, if I can get this ability, it's nice to just have that churn in in the background all game. Totally, totally. Uh, next up are the Partisans cards. There's one for each suit or whatever. Um, so like a rabbit, a mouse, or a fox, you only need one of them. And then when you have this ability active in battle in rabbit clearings, you may deal one extra hit, then discard all of your cards except rabbits. This one's kind of interesting and tricky with Eerie. Um, obviously, the extra hit is a big deal. And we've talked a little bit about how there's a bit of an idea that sometimes, especially in early play, the Eerie doesn't have a huge hand anyways. So the idea that we're going to be discarding cards, um, obviously that goes against like our idea for card draw. But if you are having a game where sometimes you don't really have to discard that many cards. Like if you if you right. just keep getting right. rabbits or whatever, like there's worlds where you don't have to discard very much when this hits. Totally. And you're totally. getting the extra hits. Also, it's a may anyways. Like you don't have to do the extra hit. But if it makes sense for the moment, it can be very, very helpful. So that one's like yeah. a conditional can be really nice. It's about as good as, I mean, Partisans are always conditional, so but with with Eerie, it has that. It, it, it sometimes it can just come at no cost, basically. Yeah, and the last one is the Eerie Emigre. They Eerie, the, the leader it, game I, I says like Eerie McGeary. <laughs> yeah, and I call it Eerie McGeary too because that's it Hilarious. sounds like a great children's television character. Yeah, I love my Eerie McGeary. <laughs> Eerie McGeary and the Fun Bunch. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that requires two fox clearings, and at the end of Birdsong. 
you take a move, then initiate a battle in the clearing you moved into. You, If yes. you did not take both actions, you discard the card. So this is like the this is an eerie ability that other people can graft onto themselves, but it actually right. works great for eerie because it's an extra move in battle that isn't specifically uh, tied to the decree the decree right right i get to kind of pull off an extra thing i also it's also my opportunity to do a move what what did we say earlier it would be great if sometimes we could do a move battle move battle that's exactly, exactly what this opens this up to you. no to longer do you have to do all of your moves and then all of your battles we get this one opportunity to do a move battle and then let that feed into the rest of our decree and that that's I love a huge it deal. because if you got it early you could just avoid putting any cards into battle for a little while right and then sort of have the situation where I'm the birds, I can still fight, but one of the easiest ways to kind of knock me off track, you can't really do that. Yeah, At most, you deal. can make me lose the Eerie Magiri, and that's just a card. That is not turmoil, right. so it's right. not it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love it, and, and all of these just still fit on the same path of we just want to be able to hit people as much as possible in the late game. Um, but by mm -hmm. the end of the game, we're just trying to battle constantly. Um, and so any cards that get us to that point, the better. Can we talk about some of the pitfalls of the Eerie? And yeah, I feel like totally. we've already driven some of these points home, but I think we can get a bit more specific. Um, while we're talking about cards, it's important to say that we are on the negative side of the favor cards. Uh, we, it's very rare that we can pull off a favor card in the base deck. And mm -hmm. other people pulling off the favor cards is generally incredibly devastating for us. Like, sure. game ruining, you're out because of a bad favor card. We usually have right. big stacks of units, and someone with a favor card is going to try to hit those. So right. um, that's, a, that's a huge downside. So if you're playing with a base game deck, like, be really mindful of maybe how much you're stacking on one type of suit. Right. If, if your two main bases are both in Fox clearings, you might want to find a way to spread that out a bit because um, you, you could just be setting yourself up into a, a danger zone. Right. Um, and just keep track if somebody if it looks like somebody is going for a favor yeah. card because it does. It, it's I feel very like easy other, to telegraph. Yeah. You, you can tell yeah, what with they're other doing. factions. It's easier to tell that that's what they're doing. With, yeah. If you were going for it, you wouldn't be able to tell really. But. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, also, we've we've talked about this a lot, but other players very much can get in your way. What everything you are able to do in your turn is public information, so anybody yeah. can look at that and they can plan against you way easier than they can plan against anybody else. Um, and territory factions are always the thorn in your side. We're talking about basically the cats and the moles, sometimes the mm -hmm. otters, depending on how the otters are playing. And right. I think especially the lizards are a huge pain in your butt. Uh, the yeah. fact that they can sanctify your roosts, which are the only building that matters to you, right? When a, when a cat's building gets sanctified, it's like, ah, one of my recruiters is out. Darn. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I can rebuild it and I'm going to get points for it. For you, right. getting set back a building is around you got set back an extra point. Yep. Uh and yep. is a and is a and everything where, else that goes it's around it's crafting, it's recruiting, it's all those things. You're you're Right. I mean, imagine the situation where this last round you put a a mouse card into recruit and then mm -hmm. the lizards sanctify your only mouse roost on your turn. Ugh. You're gonna now. You're gonna turmoil. You are going to turmoil in recruit. You're screwed. Like that's uh, r the lizards can just absolutely tear you to pieces uh, if right. if they decide to if they want if they want right. to go for you. So I don't even I can't even say I have a specific answer to that. I think it's gonna be a very meta dependent thing. But like 
be careful of the lizards, maybe keep them in check, or maybe like really work with them, become their partner in crime. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but th- they can be dangerous. And on the flip side of that, I would say actually that the Woodland Alliance um, isn't as much of a danger to you as they are to everybody else because you generally have such a limited hand size. Usually, I mean, unless you got like all the really good card draw cards that you wanted and it's like a big late game like that can become a problem but in the early game you're starving for cards anyways so usually you don't lose any cards to invading woodland alliance territory eerie is probably sure, decently good at dealing i, I with will the say woodland alliance. what what kind of sucks about what you're saying though is that yeah uh you don't have good card draw which i think means that it it's even more of a bummer that if you have to give up the card take- yeah yeah you have so few cards anyways right the point the point would be that like keep an eye out for when you could attack the woodland alliance and it's not going to do it you're not going to lose a card you're just going to let them draw a random card off the top of the deck Um, and that's always the best opportunity to give the woodland alliance a little slap uh and the last maybe the point there is that um the eerie when do the eerie draw cards the beginning or the end beginning of their their evening see there you go oh wait no beginning of their evening so yeah that does that that does suck yeah if they get you yeah yeah um so the last point for me and this is almost just more a personal diatribe to go down but i i want to drive home the point that for me especially early on turmoiling is always bad and i just think that there's a conception that gets put out there by much more experienced players because there is a thing in more experienced play where you're planning turmoils out and they're going to they're going to play down turmoiling to you and i want to reassure you that when you get hit with a turmoil it's It's okay to feel really terrible about that turmoil because at the end of the day turmoiling you're the only faction that just like will lose points just straight up and down like yep you you lost a bunch of your points and because you're a faction that relies on that steady crawl that slow income of points losing points always hurts you you expected to only gain like five points per round and this round you lost four points and then gained one right, right. Or, or you you know you lost four points you gained five in so you net one point but like your whole strategy relied on getting those five points every single round so that you don't get outpaced by everybody else right. so like right that that is why i focus so much on like avoiding turmoil if you can because it, it, it losing points is bad period straight up and down it's not a good right. thing to have happen um and like we said earlier losing your action economy is even bigger is a is a way way bigger deal especially depending on the timing of it losing your access to the amount of battles you need it's not just that you lose points it's that you very likely lost access to other points that you could have done you could right. have been prepping three battles in your decree, and those three battles were going to be what helped you take out a, just a whole bunch of lizard and cats territory, and then you turmoiled. And now you only have one one card in battle. Looks like you don't get to score hardly any points per round. So it's right. not that it just costs you the points that it costs you because you had bird cards. It costs you opportunities, and that is devastating. Yeah. Well, that sounds all really sad, but how do we win, Matt? How <laughs> does win, winning happen? We win in, um, you know, we're a TI podcast first, and we've in the past talked about winning from ahead and winning from behind. Mm-hmm. And in TI, right. winning from ahead is like incredibly difficult. One of the one of the right. one of the worst situations you can put yourself in is being just way ahead. Right. Um, and as eerie, we just have to get over that because we win slowly, but we win steadily. And if we're doing it right, we win by being a very scary force on the board that people don't have an easy way to just deal with. If we are right. winning, if we're being slow and steady and our points are obviously like on a track to win and we don't have a force to back that up, people will just 
be able to deal with you very, very easily. So you have to be a dominant force on the board all game long. So that uh, and and, that, and that's just difficult to do. We we have to be able to be a threat to others. You're that like a, you're like a choo-choo with. train. Yeah, you're like a choo-choo train. You move you move slowly, but you're like big and heavy. Yeah, yeah, like and, and and we don't want people to be able to easily slow us down. Um, yeah, or throw the rails off. We we need to stay on track uh, as much as right. we possibly can. So keeping yeah. that track alive, keeping all of our keeping our decree, especially early on, is just the most reliable way to just make sure you you can be relevant in the late game yeah you're, you it's it's like a choo-choo but with like a chicken like a chicken choo-choo like burger <laughs> but it's the, a choo-choo the, you know what i'm saying the, yeah the the choo-choo noise is a is a burger rooster is a is a chick chick yeah i love it but it's like a chick or like a chicken train like you ever seen a train with chickens on it roddy the rooster's just on the front of this train just strapped to the front it's it's a uh, the or or you know what do you remember that that uh, Don Bluth movie Rock a Doodle Do? Absolutely. Can it be that chicken? It can be that the exactly Elvis that chicken? chicken, that smarmy Elvis chicken. The Elvis chicken was he smarmy? Taking that train, being, he was he was smarmy. Cool. He was like a bluesy chicken, and he's just cruising through Vegas, baby. Yeah, Vegas train. So as the Vegas. eerie, it's important to rock a doodle do to victory. Yeah, that's yeah, bringing back rock a doodle do. <laughs> <laughs> is my mission right now was that movie good i don't remember is it fine. is it maybe bad to bring it up actually is it bad it might be a bad movie <laughs> is you know rock a doodle do canceled quick someone tweeted us someone i didn't check that's a mistake <laughs> i made a statement on a podcast about a thing without checking to see if it's canceled it might be i don't know i don't remember the rock movie, a doodle man. don't hunter yeah rocket it's so go ahead and you know Hit us up. Let us know if you rock a doodle do or rock a doodle don't. Um, we'll probably be tweeting about it this week. Um, are we ready to jump in the time machine to the future when you're a dad? Yeah, either you're doing this alone or I'm doing it in an incredibly exhausted. We don't even voice. know. We don't even who, know what you're about to hear. Who is on the other side of this? Uh, <laughs> I have the button right here. Oh no! Uh, here we go. One, okay. two, three. <laughs> So let's. Um, so, what have you learned in thirty seconds? Uh, I've learned the value mm-hmm. of sleep. Um, I always kind of knew the value of sleep, but now I've also learned the value of utter patience in the face of s- ceaseless screaming. Just yeah. a voice, a face staring right at you. And its only desire is to scream and being able to find an inner peace within that moment. Zen. Yeah. Just finding a Zen within the nonstop screaming. I am so excited for this to get you on my Zen level because I think everyone knows that the relationship is I am the Zen master and you are the, the testy boy, the... You that's correct, right? I mean, let's yeah, be real. Yeah, like I'm, I've uh, as as recent <laughs> explosions on the the Discord have even proved. Right. I it, you know, I just can't keep myself from arguing with people. <laughs> right. You 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 do that. You do that. Um. And I I you know what though? You know what I find? This is something that is just a random little tangent to go on. I feel like 
because you're testy, you get argued with more. Oh, absolutely. I don't get it. Well, because people Be- want me, p- people troll me. People want to do that. And then I fire back with real arguments and they go, oh, wait, well, I was trolling you. But now that you have a point, like I got, I do have a counterpoint. And then it becomes a right. thing where we're yelling at each other. Right. But nobody, I mean, I would say, I mean, not to say that people never say mean things to me or about me or challenge things that I've said sure, or anything like sure. that. But it just doesn't, it can't go anywhere because I've taken the third way, man. <laughs> because I'm on that path, my brother. Dog, I'm sitting under the tree. You know what I'm saying? Come grab and a peach. Listen, friend. dude, strategy games are about expression (laughs) self-expression dude and if you don't like the vibes i'm putting out with my strategy dog all right that's totally chill so for this for this next for the next three parts of this errata actually i guess all forts a part of this errata that's i need you to maintain this character literally (laughs) easy it's nothing it's so hunter so zen master hunter as response to your guide on the marquise de cats oh yeah i didn't even think about that Uh, as a segue this is this is literal errata on me let's see how graceful i take this (laughs) justin k says y'all gonna be smelling flowers through your headphones right now you're gonna just get a smell of like wow utter class and just kind of a zen-like understanding. Is that honeysuckle? Whoa. <laughs> Yummy. I, am I outside? I thought I was in my car. Uh, you can give the point from Charm Offensive to a player who has taken dominance. This applies to cards like Brutal Tactics or Stand and Deliver as well. This is brought to you by Justin K. So Justin a little, K, just a very good player, very yeah. good root player. Love playing with Justin. Um, a part, I believe a part of what I feel like... Uh, is I'm going to start calling the tourney committee. <laughs> there's the yes. there's the group of root people on our Discord that are very adamant about testing root drafts, which is what I've been just pining for, need, needing, needing folks like that. I like their draft, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I know I've told you this a million times, right. but it's, uh, it is it is a good draft. Getting to a really good place. I yeah. really like it. Um, um, so this note, we we had mentioned um, Charm Offensive, and we I, I think this is one where we left it kind of on a like, I don't think you can give it. It would be weird if you could give it, but blah, 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 move on, errata us. Yeah. And here it is. So we were wrong, and this is stupid <laughs> that this is allowed, well, but there was a BGG I, post, basically. Uh, from I'll say this. Thir- third, third way, Zen Master. Yes. I mean, I think as we were saying this it was like we were finding sometimes what's beautiful about this show and the relationship we have with errata is that because we are because somebody is saying hey we're gonna go on record and talk about every little bit of a thing Mm -hmm. when we find a hole it might be a hole that basically most of the community even has except for a a few players that have already found this hole and then basically they are giving us the nugget to then communicate to uh, the rest of of the group. Yeah, we, because we're I think here the whole to thing, dig deep, and when we start digging, we realize there's people already here. Is generally right, how sure, it works. Sure, sure. Well, but everybody kind of al- always has some pieces that maybe other people don't know, and right. this is the whole point exactly. of this exercise is to kind of bring all of that into one place. Right. Um, I do think that our gut feeling of you can't give the point to someone else totally made sense. I mean, the yeah. the, the the VP marker isn't on the board anymore. Right. Right. So it is not counting up to anything. I'll say this, like, this is a little, I would say what's weird about this is that this would mean that you could technically use Charm Offensive to give someone more than 30 points. Right. But they just wouldn't, because they're not scoring them, it doesn't really they don't get it. Yeah. matter. Yeah. Super so. weird. Super weird. 
another one from Justin K here. Just another technicality that we we missed. There, mm-hmm. There's plenty. You know what? I think this is going to be a pretty common occurrence. To be totally frank, like yeah. in these in these again, they're called learning because that's what yeah, Hunter yeah. and I are doing. Right. Uh, so um, Justin K also says, unfortunately, when the vagabond takes an item that has been exhausted by League of Adventurous Mice, it gets placed face up on the vagabond's board, just like any other item. So League of Adventurous Mice is the uh, card where you any items that are in your supply you can use them to do an extra action and we really loved that for cats and we thought ooh it's maybe kind of interesting if that is also a thing that when vagabond takes it comes yes. to them exhausted and is like haha you still have to refresh that on your own but yeah. it's not it's just good it's just always good for vagabond everything every rule always <laughs> is good for vagabond they get kind of the benefit <laughs> of the rule doubt um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think I think our argument rested more um, hard on the idea of getting extra movement and extra attack, which was like, I think, one of our primary. Yeah, yeah. This this point and this isn't anything Justin K is arguing anyways, but this this fact doesn't make it any less good for cats. Still, still a great card for cats. Still useful. Um, Okay, one last technicality and then we have a a sort of counterpoint. So the last technicality is brought to us by Marcus the Cat and they say a small errata on swap meet versus the Woodland Alliance. Uh, Any cards you would have given them for outrage or sympathy go to supporters so you wouldn't be able to swap meet them back. This is something that I believe I kind of just offhand said, which was stupid. Uh, because of course this, I, this is a thing I think I do pretty often actually is I just like in my head, if I'm not actively working on Woodland Alliance, I forget (laughs) some of the more obvious mechanics Mm -hmm. of Woodland Alliance and the cards going to support like directly to the supporter stack was just a thing I was not remembering in the moment. You free jazzed Yeah, I free jazzed it and totally whiffed. Yeah, you frazzed it (laughs) and... Which is, I mean, that's I. That's the whole thing is we're 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 about making connections on this show, and sometimes you make your brain makes a connection in the moment, and you've you've forgotten, you've done a new. Have we ever talked about that in the past, like at, at any sort of length of the idea that like we have very rough outlines that we put together, and then you and I just chit chat like dumb ding dongs over it, over it, and and very often say things with like just the sense of like uh you know n- maybe not even registering what i'm saying in in some you know like just it's it's yeah, almost hot i air. mean <laughs> I, I mean uh yes i would say as a unit we do that i'm not necessarily gonna say that that's my particular style of speaking wow but i, I will say got, as a show we, we definitely do that thrown under no, the bus i got I, shoved I, into the sewer drain I, I did not i i did not i said as a show we totally do this and we stand together as a single unit now as far as my personal input on the show i cannot speak to that someone someone go through the backlog of errata and find oh, all the technicalities, I I and I want to see oh, the tally. Oh, I know I've done it. And I know uh, it's no, me. No, no. I know I have the greater I, amount, but I want to know yeah. to what extent <laughs> I have the, you're the greater willing, amount you're of You're willing to admit doodles. that you have the greater amount. Yeah, 100%. Yet you still want to see I want to know tally. the numbers. Yeah, yeah. I need That's to know if it's really a 60-40 or be. if it's like a 90-10 situation. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. I don't think it's... I'll, I'll say this. I don't think it's a 90-10. I think it's 80-20. Anyways... <laughs> all right this last one is also from marcus the cat and this is actually just a counterpoint so so some background hunter you um you thought false orders was kind of a decent 
card. Do you want to preface this did, thing with yeah, just yeah, like yeah. What, remind people what your take on false orders was? This is an exiles and partisans card that we were somewhat so, recommending for cats. Yeah, so this is a rare situation. We did record this episode a while back. It is hard for me to remember exactly my thought process, but I will say in reading what Marcus has written here, I think the situation where this card would be useful was not apparent to me and is still maybe not apparent to me, even with the the thing that we're about to yeah. read you. And also, I may have, and I'm not certain about this, I may have messed up the suit in my head and thought it was a bird card. Because The only reason I say that is because I just now, before we started recording this, <laughs> thought it was a bird card. So that is full disclosure. I'm telling you yeah. exactly the series of brain thoughts. Right, right. So here's what I will say. I have cat. seen, I, I want to say this real quick, yeah. though, even before we read in the time between us recording the episode and now, I have played a game where someone used false orders and it was good. Yeah, yeah. And I had maybe not seen that so much right. before. So, so let's so talk ahead. about Marcus the Cat's uh, defense of false orders. False orders yes. is that card you craft early game when no one cares to, or bothers to notice. You let it sit there until late game when you absolutely need to blow up a roost to send Eerie into turmoil. Or Woodland Alliance made a mistake and left only one warrior defending their base. Or you really need moles to trigger their price of fa failure so they'll stop stomping you with the Brigadier. That's when you pounce. Normally, your attacks are too expensive to make uh, the action worthwhile, but when you effectively evacuate your opponent's most important clearing, your one attack can be the tipping point of defeat to victory. It's also a free cancel your opponent's dominance win card. Um, I, I think do that like last, that last part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That last point is the biggest thing of you just, if you have false orders on hand, you can definitely stop at least one attempt at a dominance more or less at any point. You know what that you know what this whole little bit here that Marcus has given us is kind of a case study for um part of our thought process when we're putting together these episodes mm -hmm. because we both liked that last part immediately. Yeah. And I think what we liked about it is the situation the situation where that is going to be useful seems frequent. Yes. Seems often. The kind of other situations we talk about in in this or that that Marcus brings up I can't, I don't know how, uh, like it sounds, not to say that, I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, well, you would almost never need to blow no, up a no, roost no. eerie. No, that's, I'm not saying that. Right. But what I am saying is that I can imagine in the uh, putting together the episode, I was thinking in a very much like, let's give a pared down, you're going to struggle, let's, let's not invest because we kind of got to run on our own fumes. Mm-hmm type attitude and i think that's my general attitude when i play cats is i kind of think of it as like i am sort of playing from behind a little mm -hmm. bit which i do like to do um not as winnie though uh in, in ti that was a weird <laughs> like, now i just shifted gears on you um but uh, i don't like that and we will get to it uh, next week check in um don't like it but um with cats i do like it but i i, I think i have a, a tendency to feel like false orders is like nice but even in these um descriptions it's kind of it's defensive it's it's not necessarily progressing forward yeah, yeah. so much as it's like insurance policies um to to create well, uh, attacks that i don't i don't know that i'm going to have to do myself and we i think selected a a general 
attitude of we are not the police. Yeah. We are not the one that has to stop other people. Right. Do not put all of this responsibility uh, on us. However, the counter to that is that it's just one card, dude. And yeah. like, it's... It's just one card. And, and what I like about the idea is it's a card you're using that one time to stop the win or dramatically cripple an opponent it's he's not yeah. giving it as a defensive like oh and you can do a big attack it's like no no no. this is when you need to like stop eerie in their tracks or stop woodland alliance in their track you know the, the these things that you can do to the other factions are devastating if anything i would say cats is a faction that when you get hit it is not as often as devastating of a blow as when eerie turmoils or when woodland alliance yeah. loses a base right the other factions sure. fall yeah, yeah. farther um they climb higher faster but they they fall farther so for cats to have a catch-up mechanic that they desperately need in the very like in the final turn yeah, of the saying. game like right that you know yeah. i'm i'm i've been straggling to keep up and get into my position and everybody else now is swinging well i can throw this one major wrench into their plan and that buys me just enough time to get to 30 points just before they do because i've slowed them down enough i'm gonna make a prediction we are gonna be better at talking about the exiles and partisans cards yeah in a couple months yeah. than we are right currently. Now. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, so in some ways, I think these earlier learning episodes. You're getting hot. Like by takes. the time we get to like <laughs> moles and and corvids, yeah, I think our 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 understanding of exactly the the kind of minutia mm. of exactly how useful a specific card is, how often these situations come comes up, I think will start to resolve itself. Yeah. Um, in that we will have, I think, just more of an understanding of that. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and and I think, like we've said, these are all learning episodes. And someday, if we keep playing Root and Root stays a focus, which I think we both kind of it feel will. that that, yeah. that will be a thing. Um, <laughs> it's going to so stick longer will... than Dune. For people yeah. paying attention to like the schedule of the game, it's, it's sticking... Yeah more than dune ever did so we just like it a lot more yeah. um <laughs> just to be <laughs> blunt um so what that means i think is that someday we will we will do we will present episodes that are like these are our our guides mm -hmm. as opposed to just like kind of right now where we're we're really just feeling around yeah because i think i mean i think in order to write a guide on a faction it requires uh, for us, like a lot, a knowledge of of every component, mm -hmm. uh, a pretty deep knowledge of that. Yeah, and I feel like right now the Exiles and Partisans deck just doesn't have the same amount of of detail that we have for the base deck. Yeah, and uh, and I think Root is a game that requires even more knowledge of the other factions than something like TI does. Like. I, as an eerie player, need to know what I'm up against in each game. And so until we finish all these learning episodes, I, I don't think Hunter and I will have advanced enough knowledge of just the different factions we could be up against in a game. Because that's right. what the guides will certainly eventually center themselves more around. Is like, okay, in eerie, the end, let's talk about what they do against every other faction right, kind of thing. Right, right, right. Uh, and in the end, I think, I think that's part of what was so weird about the show when we first started. Because TI4 came out, mm -hmm. and we just went right into like... All right, here's our hot takes yeah, on all right. 17 factions Barf. and it was like so early. Sometimes I mean like the thing I was like remembering that was so crazy was whenever we were putting the necro guide together and we did not know 
how the flagship worked. Right. And we could not find anyone that had figured it out. And <laughs> it was the first really time it was much, like, yeah, errata or talk. We legitimately may have done this wrong the whole time. <laughs> and so much of the guide was like, that flagship is pretty good in your home system. And we we realized we could not back that up in the same way. Or at mm-hmm. least we didn't have all the detail for yeah, it, yeah. essentially. It just felt like, wait, maybe this is all wrong, right. actually. Right. So, Yeah. There you go. So that's the eerie. That's the cats. Uh, it'll be. Was a, I zen enough for you? That was pretty was, zen, Hunter. I'm pretty, that's, you yeah. know, I've got a lot to learn. I got a lot to learn from Zen Master Hunter. As, especially now that we have this disparity of like, you have a child, a very <laughs> responsible and difficult thing to do. And I can criticize you from up on my high horsey <laughs> with no children. Where you live in and, garbage. And no real plan to do that. So. <laughs> And also, you say I live in garbage, but um, pretty soon I, that will not be true. Ooh. Uh, I don't. Do you want to yeah. talk about that? Um, I yeah, I think I will. Uh, so I am likely going to be, um, and I, I'm going to put likely on. Ju- I mean, I 100% intend to, but who knows? We live in such uncertain, strange times. Uh, but I am likely uh, in the coming weeks going to be moving back to Arkansas for probably the rest of the year. Me and my girlfriend are going to stay in a house that my parents have owned that is not that is like empty and needs like a lot of work done on it um because they want to sell it eventually and i know what you're thinking like weird time to sell anything and oh, man, uh, I think the it is actually not that bad anyway actually someone weird, was telling me what that. a weird yeah. tangent <laughs> well yeah so what but what i want what this means to you the viewer or the listener uh is that me and matt will be in the same geographic location for what around like five to yeah. six ish months right so that's pretty cool that's i'm excited about that I'm, do- I'm, yeah. I'm very stoked for that i'm gonna have a friend again yes <laughs> i'm gonna come see my daughter <laughs> uh without further ado i want to thank all of our space kitties and our weird bears i want to thank our weird bears farganus brian billy and tg welch and our space kitties naderade patience is a virtue polyphony requiem r wise hippie peace turtles gazkio dark jutsu more tension and bot bot yes um, I want to announce real quick, uh, the Hunter, Hunter Donaldson fan club has spoken. Um, I will be playing a game of just ghosts, all ghosts. Everyone will be playing as Ghosts of Creus, Twilight Imperium. I, um, and that will be on the 18th um, on Saturday. Saturday. Oof. That's um, going to be... I, someone asked this, and I hadn't realized mm-hmm. what, you, what you had signed up for um, until mm-hmm. they asked this question, but the idea that all of the Delta wormholes are connected. Yes. So everyone's adjacent to everyone's home system. Yes. Everyone's home system is adjacent to each other. And everyone's flagships are adjacent to each other's home systems. Yes. So, yes. (laughs) It's a mess. (laughs) It, it, It will... It, I it, hope it, I hope that there is a worm. I hope every single wormhole token hits the board, and that like most of the map is wormholes, and just the whole goal, board is adjacent to each other. You are you are starting to get it. So my <laughs> my goal is for every single hex to be connected to every single other hex. Yeah, yeah. And that essentially any ship on the map can go anywhere. So there's no predicting you're you will never be safe yeah, no. at all. Well, and there's going to be because people are adjacent to each other's home systems, it's going to be like the worst thing you can do is pick leadership. Like Imperial is going to be a big pick. Because yeah. the first person to move out of their home system is the first person to lose their home system. I'm telling you this, I'm probably getting a lot of pushback for this. I don't care. 
I'm putting a time limit on this game. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's. I don't think the, you'll need it. I think the game will be done in three hours because. Oh, you think it will resolve itself? I think. I think three of the players are going to get eliminated. <laughs> yeah, I think there will be a lot of elimination. Um, I, and I might even get eliminated. Yeah. And you know what? If I get eliminated, I've been. You get to just commentate. Been, okay. Here's no, 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 no. See, that's what's funny is and i'm gonna put this out there and i think this actually would i think really make people bad but i've always said that if i'm streaming a game and i get eliminated i am leaving (laughs) and i am turning the stream off (laughs) just like amazingly selfish baby but but (laughs) i might not do it but that's i've always you can't with the ghost game with with another situation sure sure, but with this ghost game that would be it's a high chance that you will get eliminated. There's a so. high chance that, that that will happen. So it's just such a goofy idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so tune in for that. It's going to be stupid. And the whole point was for this. And you know what? I think I'm just going to throw out dumber and dumber ideas every month for the Hunter Donaldson fan club because you, you get enough normal stuff, yeah, y'all. Right. You know? Let's be dumb again. I miss being so... That was the whole point of our streams originally was yeah. to be as dumb as possible. Yeah. And now it feels like that just has been we, kind of We went too wayside. far when Billy made us the terrible map and we played with all... We played with all... <laughs> we played with everything turned on. Yeah. All, all and it broke items us. and it broke us and, and we've needed a, a year or two... It's a shame. To, it's a shame that that, from it. that footage was not know. you know that, that is lost to time now but uh because that was of the holiday spectaculars that was one of the strangest yeah um, and you kept an inch like saying to us that it was good because you were not playing in that one but i remember just feeling so mad mm-hmm. that was you know what if we want to talk about zen stuff if, if i'm glad that doesn't exist anymore because i was i was pretty po'd yeah uh, man just the it would be time. a shame if we ever had footage of one of us being mad on stream yeah especially on a holiday spectacular which is like that would be so shameful that would be pretty bad that'd be pretty bad um how many chairs do you have left in your house at this point you kind of just like i i would imagine this like sketch where you've like set all your chairs out front and you have like a gun and you're like all right (laughs) this is my target practice it just makes me feel good i i can i can learn on these i've actually gained a chair recently because someone gave me a a molly you know a little baby molly chair so we're we are we are increasing the chair capacity here wouldn't it be so crazy if molly got mad and busted her little chair (laughs) that would be really funny if she just got really angry and just like and just broke a chair well the chair is older than my grandparents so that'd be real sad (laughs) that would be sad um oh also i want to throw this out there uh i think most everybody in i mean most of our patrons i think have voted for this that can but the galactic council poll first round is still up um up until i think there's five days left um the options for that are rules quiz ex- extravaganza which is it's tight that one could pop into second right now the fir- the top two are partners in ti that has like 40 votes like partners is going through mm-hmm. and then this imperium life five um but the other two that could uh take the this imperium life spot are rules quiz extravaganza which i still think is a cool idea for an episode and then a win making round table mm-hmm. which i think is a little too late um, I don't because there's this other uh, tactic blue tournament going on right oh, now. Oh right, they there's had a they going had a right win now. make situation in I believe their first game, so still constantly being talked about. And and I want to do the roundtable because multiple people have written essays about win making, so it'd be fun to just get to read their essays. We on should the, have like our the, own version of like the GDC, yeah, like where <laughs> we have like a conference right. where everyone presents their the topic. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Their essays and stuff. That would be fun. Yeah, um, and then there was con. also, yeah, Space Cats. Con. I, pr- I recently promised Space Cat. Someone asked when Space Cats Con would be. And I think I said something like 2024. 
if, yeah. if we're still going very strong in 2024 we'll try we'll do a we'll do a very tiny convention in northwest arkansas <laughs> yeah i think that sounds great um and then the dune lore episode nobody voted on that one nobody wants that one there's only two votes on that one so two people voted thank yeah. you for voting yeah. um and then yeah so go ahead get in there if you want and then the second round will be up uh next time you hear from us um what's coming up on the twitch oh yeah schedule twitch and uh so YouTube. twitch schedule well yeah so i already said saturday all ghosts uh the time for that i think will either be noon or 10 a.m um pacific time uh so that just depends on stuff um thursday i'm gonna try and play root um at noon and at 6 p.m uh pacific time uh for the youtube uh the tactic blue uh stuff is still coming actually i think it finished today mm-hmm. so i don't know what i'm saying um but my goal is to get an eerie game in on Thursday. The problem is I'm not good at eerie. So I'm trying to get an eerie game where I don't play like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will put that on the YouTube. Otherwise, I have a Winu game in the bank. And Winu is the next episode. Yeah. Um, so that will be going on the YouTube, uh, perhaps if there's no eerie episode. So if you need something to put you to sleep eerie. next week, uh, yeah. the Winu guide is coming up. <laughs> coming up hot. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> no hot takes, turns out. Yeah. I played a Winu. I'm going to just talk a little bit about the game I played. I played a Winu game where I think I did everything right. Yeah. And you can see it and you'll see what happens if you do everything, everything right. right. (laughs) Uh, I want to ask you all to hop onto iTunes or Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to to, to this podcast and give us a rating, maybe five stars. That'd be cool. That'd be fun if you did five stars uh, because that increases visibility and it makes people know more about this podcast and then there's more people that play root and twilight imperium with us and that's yeah that's dandy uh, you can also find us on twitter at space cats pod uh space cats peace turtles on facebook and find the link to the discord in the episode description so that you can come hang out be a part of the the tourney committee for root uh come help them work out all the kinks in their draft and uh see if we can get some cool root tournament coming in maybe 2021 yeah, yeah. website incoming Oh, website yeah. We do incoming. have a website incoming. That's website fun. incoming. Incoming website. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. Thank you to all our patrons. And thank you to Brian Capillus for the use of his music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com. Thank you.